0: Thor, Ragnarok, DC Metal, and Creamfields. This is Staying In. (laughs) Stop stop shaking Dan, but Dan isn't in attendance. He's still on paternity leave, so I've got a plastic bottle, plastic miniatures bottle of Bell's whiskey.
1: Yep. Uh, with a sticker on. This is
0: what, how do how old did we work this out at? Is about six years old now. Yeah,
1: that's six years old. So, and it says it's been aged eight years. Yeah. So he- it's now like a fourteen-year-old bottle of okay. whiskey. We've, de- we've decanted
2: Dan. We've decanted Dan. So, In two years. So it mean means dry. that we can take Dan's spirit.
3: Pure essence.
0: We can take Dan's spirit out with us because he can't be with us. So there he is. Yeah. Here, shake him. So I Dan? shake him at intermittent points that I think he might have enjoyed like, like, interjecting. like hey Dan here's a hilarious joke oh. could, could, <laughs> I, I think Dan really wants to hear about why you booked yourself one ticket to Creamfields in London oh is actually. that
1: right <laughs> <laughs> yeah man are you excited are you, are you excited to to hear about my adventures is right. that what it I is I don't know what, I don't know what Creamfields is well first of all it's not Creamfields it's Creamfields. What, you,
0: no 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 we play this game repeat every time Chris what do you think
2: Creamfields is honestly, I thought it was a dairy thing. <laughs> I've
3: got to be honest, I thought it was that as well. Really? Well I, do, well, I kind of knew it had to do with music, but why is it called Creamfields?
1: Because the label, the music label Cream,
3: mm.
1: uh, which is like an electronic <laughs> dance music label, yeah. they made a big festival called Creamfields. Right. Because it's cream. Right, and it's in fields. In and
3: Creamfield. And there's know. probably
1: like an audio joke in there about fields like audio fields, maybe. Uh, no, like field, not really. fi- yeah, a field, field of oh. sound.
3: So why is this not Creamfield?
1: So it's Creamfield presents oh. uh, the, and then it's Creamfield presents a specific like space. So it's like O2's Arena, O2's Academies, um, and then the actual like event itself is, uh, and it's uh, above and beyond. Yeah, above and Beyond, and JuniBeats. so progressive,
0: pro- progressive, like we, we noticed on the e on the WhatsApp message that you sent, yeah, that you just bought the one ticket, mm-hmm. so you're
1: not going. Uh, out.
3: No, I did ask. You did ask me, but I was I don't have any idea who they were. I don't and think it's Pete not. Does <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Above and Beyond is a regular um, radio show, essentially. Uh they also put on like really big live concerts of electronic dance music and And Juna beats is like Anjuna. Anjuna A-N-J-U-N-A beats. Oh. Uh is like a really, really I've big, big part of it. it. It's basically progressive um
3: I'm sure they're good, but I I just like it's not really my scene. They're
1: very good. So they're um like uh oh gosh, I'm trying to think like there's um, You're not trying to name all of the band? Or no, the I'm not trying to name all the bands. What,
3: what style is it? Is it EDM?
1: Progressive, yeah. What so, does that mean? What, what's what, the difference well, progressive... The joke with EDM and progressive is if it doesn't fit into, like, Tech House or, elect, uh, uh, like, Euro Trance or yeah, anything like that, if that. it doesn't quite fit into any of the other things, then yeah. everyone just calls it progressive. So at the moment, it's kind of like a deep, bassy, driving, slightly like slightly spiritual like that sort of like
3: is it like chiasmos? Uh or
1: no it's, of no Chiasmos is kinda of like minimalist oh. idiom. Oh
3: god, I do yeah. need... there's so many it gets can, you, a bit can you can you
2: can you give them. us a rendition of one of their tracks? <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it would probably be impossible.
1: Yeah, I mean like um uh, yeah, I yeah, I don't know, it's it's kind of um do you know Bluestone? I mean, this is just. I'm starting to feel like how my grandpa would have felt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all
3: these just just people just
1: saying words at me and just like, do you know? So, so the reason I'm going is because um, first of all, a friend from work uh, was like, like the last time I went to an Above and Beyond concert, it was amazing. He went out to the this the Seattle one recently, and he was just saying, "This is incredible." He's really into this kind of music as well um and um like we listened to it at work basically and he's a huge fan and he was like oh we should like you should totally go to one of them because it's a really really like cool experience like it's a really you're just there and enjoying this really good music that we like and it's nice people so do you remember like we're basically the same age do you remember like basically if you went to go and see something that was dance music related you sort of thought you were probably gonna get end up getting into a fight yeah right like like when I was growing up like getting into music it was like if you don't listen to alternative music you're probably going to go to a club and listen to the dance music but well, it's not that it's like it's it's dance music events where you actually care about who the artists like are and what kind of music it is, what the label is generally. So seems you're to not be going to dance. Artist. I'm not going there to have a big dance. Are you I'm, going to dance? I might do my my standard dancing to, uh, in I a club how, of like of like dances. nodding my head slightly. How
3: does your friend dance? Because well, I know your
1: friend. Well, I would imagine. It, well, I think he probably gets like properly full into it. No, I. No, you I reckon you're
3: both going to be there nodding. You're going to yeah. do, be doing the shepherd. We're gonna, dance are so
1: going Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh. we'll probably be doing the shepherd dance.
2: Or, like, one of those dogs you see on people's parcel shelves in the back of their car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um... Are you going to drop an E? I so, I
1: mean, <laughs> we will be offered E, I would imagine. Uh, I probably won't, uh, because, like, I don't really, like, feel like Sorry, it would be is this good. is even a... Is it even is Why it is even it probably a, yeah. in there? Well, because, like, you know...
3: You, no, because uh,
0: you uh, want to flirt yeah. with the Because I know <laughs> the idea you'll of want, you, absolute danger. You'll want to flirt dead. with the idea for 10 seconds. Nah. And then you'll politely No, decline. I've been offered
1: all of that stuff before, and it's like, it's just like, no, right. there's no point. Um, and also, I've been to, like, music event. Like, I went to, when I was at Glastonbury the last time, I went to the. I think it's called the. S-
3: Electric, How can you remember every name of every type of that? music and you can't remember the Anyway, that...
1: I went to the like EDM area of Glastonbury like and this was like five or six years ago, and I like quite happily was there listening to music and people were like, Do you want this? And I was like, No. And had a lovely time. On like okay, completely so, sober. So. so why
3: is it
0: even a question at this point? Well I was like mm. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, fine. Alex, can you go and just be as conscious? Yeah. Can you be too to many cricket?
3: I have to make an Alex's spirit. That you <laughs> yeah. take, And it's just water. <laughs> yeah. Because guess what? If you take eat, sometimes if you drink water, you will die. Your head explodes. And sometimes if you don't drink water, you'll die. Yeah. So take a little. I
1: got a, I got a drugs talk when I was like when I was in uh, junior school, and like it was pretty br- like thinking back, it was pretty brutal. Like we were all like brought into the um, into the. Like big meeting hall thing of the, the school, uh, the, the assembly, the assembly room, assembly hall, assembly hall. Assembly hall? school hall. Yeah. yeah, school hall, that sort of thing.
3: The words were there, just no. they're all yeah, there. the words
1: were there, just uh, not yeah. in the right order. And uh, basically, and I remember, like the guy stood up on stage and was like, "I used to be a drug dealer, and now I do. I do these talks, and I want to tell you all about how it's dangerous." And like, he oh, like, you got that. Yeah, no, we got that. And then he was like, I bought my first Ferrari when I was 21. And everyone was like, Brilliant. Right, yeah. <laughs> I was just surrounded by girls. We were like, Right. But I I did some bad things. And we were like, Right. Okay. And then he was like, And here's a slide. And then like... Like an actual slide. Like he slid down. Yeah. <laughs> I bought this one. Look at this slide. Cut oh, like, yeah. Sharp in the fun house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was like, And then he was like, Look at these slides. These are some of my victims. And it was like going through like here's like a person like fucking dead and shit like that and you were like and as a fifteen year old that just shit you up. It was horrible.
3: You go from like, yep, yeah, Ferrari, this is sounding good. Yeah, yeah it was like, it
1: was, a, oh, it was a really oh, good talk. murder. And it totally put me off all that stuff. Because so.
0: <laughs> that, that's something you were genuinely considering.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was just like, I was just like what, what, a career path? Like, He was like, Ferrari, surrounded by the ladies. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slides. <laughs> sounds great
3: to <laughs> yeah. me.
0: Oh. He
2: sounds to me a very impressionable child. Mm.
3: Just a tad. Yeah, I, I
0: just have this image of Peter being the world's first drug dealer who works exclusively on slides <laughs> so like he takes the money at the top and yeah. gives you the deal at the bottom yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like period drugs your your season three of narcos <laughs> oh, yeah. alex,
0: alex. No. came to <laughs> yeah. stay at mine for just a day you were doing some stuff for for a job And the next morning, I'd taken good old Popso out for a walk. Yep. And I was coming back. I'd just done the block. I was walking back round, and I noticed that the bathroom door was open. The bath no. And I noticed that the bathroom window was open. My our bathroom window opens out onto the porch roof. Yeah.
1: Right. um, Yeah.
0: Of the porch door, and I saw this hand, like (laughs) just jutting out of the window. Yeah.
3: I was like, what? That's really weird. Like, yeah.
0: Lisa yeah. must be home. I, I, only Alex was left in there. That's really weird. Like it looks like someone's like climbing out of the bathroom window. And as I got closer, I could just see Alex like <laughs> like on the windowsill, like straining to reach something that had fallen onto the uh onto the porch roof. And it transpires that Alex in her uh, altruism had mm. tried to get rid of a spider. <laughs> That was in our bathroom. That's good. But used the only bit of paper that she had (laughs) lying around, which was her little pouch that contained her train tickets. All her train tickets. Which I just fluttered across the room. (laughs) So so picked up the spider, threw the spider out of the bathroom window. the spider wouldn't let go. (laughs) clinging on with all its eight legs for dear life. (laughs) Train tickets ended up like strewn across the porch, um, roof. roof on the floor outside my porch door and Alex is just like leaning out
1: <laughs> oh of the God. bathroom window that is amazing
3: <laughs> and I heard his voice I was like shit okay I'll just I'll grab anything and I was shaking it and a little bastard wouldn't let go so I was like "Check, check, check!" all the tickets came out and I was like it'll be fine I'll just grab them before anybody see." and I hear laughing yeah, you know and yeah. you're there and I'm there it's sort fine. of frozen looking at you like um Thanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so listen the last time we recorded all of us in a room it was with poppy we had to compete with now we've had this adorable rabbit Tacker. Who's, who's a lot quieter than poppy
1: he's pulling the weirdest oh thing. he's asleep he's, he's asleep. asleep
3: yeah he's dreaming he looks so he's, like he's a nib- furry Jabba of the hut he's
1: nibble, yeah. <laughs> Basically. he's nibble eating nibble eating nibble dreaming nibble dreaming nibble dreaming what's that so he, was where he, he's
3: eating in his sleep
1: so i think he i have that.
3: Yeah, yeah. You do you eat the pillows? Do you yeah. wake up? up? <laughs>
1: what <Well, laughs> coughing up feathers? We, we were thinking about this in terms of, in terms of animals. Like, what do they dream about? And obviously, we'll never know. But their world picture can't really take into account fantasy, right? It can't like It's mm. not possible that he's dreaming about being able to, you know... Fly a plane. Fly a plane or, like, leap higher than a tall building. But you is wish it? he could. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine Inception inside like Taco's head? But all, <laughs> he, all he can dream about Just is pellets. what he... Experiences. What he experiences, right? So if you think about it, yeah. he dreams about eating and running and like probably having like cuddles and stuff like that <laughs> which means that his waking is basically his dreams <laughs> Must be isn't that a nice idea but, but, I, remember, the, his... but I remember you saying you telling me once that so you went for a phase where you would dream ahead of your day and then you'd wake up and live you that day oh yeah, yeah that was scary wasn't it yeah like i would basically um i would dream the whole day and then wake up and go Oh.
3: yeah, it feels like
1: you've you feel twice as I bet, I bet it would never happen on the weekend as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It We're gonna it have a really around. nice day.
0: A friend a friend of mine, um, he has the most tedious dreams. So so he'll <laughs> literally dream that he like just walks into a room and sits down and watches no. TV. Amazing. Like, just be, like, amazing. his dream will just be there on the couch, just like watching TV. Like, and nothing ever happens. Not like a superhero bursts through the door and like, oh, the house is on fire. I'm here to save you. Just literally has the most mediocre dreams of like doing the washing up,
1: Brilliant. doing yeah. the laundry. Just. I
3: think my mum dreams about going to Tesco, and <laughs> choosing which yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> like she just wakes up like, I go enough I go there enough in you know real daylight hours mm. I don't want to go to sleep well, it's quite a dream. pleasant dream though. like go to go no, somewhere and get some nice she's food she's always paralysed by which yoghurt to have you know she's like, it's like
1: what popped... like apricot or raspberry analysis, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: analysis from... that's a good one but yeah, so do you guys tend to have mundane dreams? or? I have do great dreams. dreams. Do you? I suppose you must have quite a few superior
0: dreams, right? I do. I, I remember the only time that I've been able to... There's there's two dreams that really stick in my mind to me. One where I was able to lucid dream. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was aware mm-hmm. that I was I've dreaming and yeah, well. I like just went flying.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and another one, which I guess is another lucid dream, but... We've spoken about this before, about how um, like playing horror games gives you yeah. control over your nightmares. Yeah. So there's a particular dream that I remember having where Chris and I had just been playing Dead Space a lot, and I think I've been playing Dead Space on my own, mm-hmm. and I was having this nightmare that this creature was running after me. So it's very traditional, creature, yeah. didn't know where it was, was running somewhere I could hear it, and I was running away and panicking. And I remember the distinct moment in the dream where they went, no, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Dream bigger, Sam. Gun appeared in hand, turned round, best. And, the then, and then proper like, you know, whatever his name is, Clark from Dead Space, Isaac. Isaac. Clark. Isaac. Yeah. There you go. Um, just turned round, and just decapitated the villain and the monster, and it's just like, well, that's, nice. that's that nightmare dealt with. And I haven't had a nightmare like that since.
1: Do you know where uh, Isaac Clark gets his name from?
2: The only Isaacs I know are Newton and Asimov. So, yeah. Is it's... it Arthur
3: C. Clarke and Isaac? There we go. Yeah, Newton. There we go.
1: Because, like, they both did fiction that had horror elements within space. Isaac
0: Newton did horror elements first.
1: No, Asimov. Asimov.
0: Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> guys, guys, it's this apple, right? And it falls from the tree that it buries in your skull because gravity doesn't stop. It
3: takes over your brain.
0: I used to get sleep paralysis quite a lot.
3: Oh, I hate that. I hate it so much. (laughs) Which is
0: just the and it tends to be if I'm if I've like moved because I've like moved around quite a lot in the last sort of three or four years. So if Mm -hmm. I was like sleeping in a new place in a new location, I tend to get sleep paralysis. So that's like the opposite of sleepwalking. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's where the thing that locks you doesn't. The hormones
0: that keep you paralyzed are working, but you've basically woken up.
3: Did you see the Shadow Man? The Shadow Man. So what
1: the early Dreamcast era, (laughs) third-person adventure.
3: Sleep paralysis often comes hand in hand with what's called the Shadow Man, and it's something where everybody will hallucinate or has a chance to hallucinate a specifically shadowy figure.
0: I've always, when I've had it, I've always had the awareness that someone else is in my room.
3: Yeah, that's. And then when you
0: try and scream or say something, you can't. Yeah. And it's the most terrifying thing because you just like you feel. When I've had it, I felt like there is someone in the room. Mm. And I know that I'm experiencing sleep paralysis, and I know that the best way to do it is just try to fall back asleep again. Yeah. But because you think someone's in the room with you, you think that's a worse thing to do because you just you just want to wake up. But mm. to wake up, you need to fall back yeah. sleep again.
3: See, mine. I've never had the I've never had the presence thing. I've had it a couple of times, but mm. no one's ever been in the room with me. It's just me trying to wake myself up. So, mm-hmm. like, I start with like wiggling my little finger and tapping, and that's how I get myself out of it. But A lot of people who get very deep into it or have it a lot, it's just this bizarre thing of, of course, it's become this horror trope of like the real, some people think it's a genuine real shadow man that comes from that, but it's just our brains tend to, if we're locked, think there's somebody in the room with you that there's danger and you can't see really properly because you're obviously still dreaming, so the shadowy figure
0: because they used to think it was someone that came and sat on your chest That yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And lots
2: of people do feel that they feel that yeah yeah someone sat on their chest.
0: Have, you ever, have you ever had the dream within a dream yeah yes i've had that, I've had that before <laughs> mine was oh so
3: weird i had a bonkers dream that i knew was a dream yeah and i woke up like Oof, that was fucking weird i looked out my way everything was perfect as in my room was perfect. It was daylight. I looked outside, and there were giant robots walking through the <laughs> restaurant. I was like, "What the?" F-? I woke up again. Like, uh, how many times am I gonna do?
2: I remember you probably know this because I noticed you've got the interpretation of dreams on your shelf. Um, I may be paraphrasing this very loosely, um, but Freud talks about an example about how there was one um, patient who vividly recalls a dream where they were being guillotined in the French Revolution. Ooh. They were kind of, you know, brought up onto. The, they, they, you know, there's a whole anticipation. The mm. bill that brought before the crowd, laid in front on the block, and then mm-hmm. the blade. They feel the blade coming on their back on the back of their neck. What did Freud say? something to do with poo and loving <laughs> bombs and your mum? No. What, what, I mean, he
1: probably did. <laughs> yeah, he probably yeah. did. He was, <laughs> he was a pretty He obsessed. thought that, he thought that <laughs> stuff was wicked. His daughter, <laughs> his daughter was quite uh, <laughs> strange as well. Um, but
2: what actually happened was that the person was asleep and they were on their front in their bed and the blinds oh. above oh, no! fallen off and hit the back oh of their neck. If you think about that. How long does that take to happen with a blind impact? the back of the neck. Yeah. But yeah. that person so weird, felt like it? it was like an entire day yeah. of the build-up towards that happening to having the...
3: But it's also that the, 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 mm. the they weren't aware head. that they were on their front or that they were the no. blows were about to fall on them. It's no. just this funny... It
2: just, it just kind of weaved it into a narrative mm-hmm. of
3: sorts. Oh, that must have terrified
2: them. Mm. And there was another one where a person... had They had very interesting James Batman where they dreamt that they... Um, knew the Latin name of a particular insect I think it was a butterfly or something and they woke up and for a laugh mm-hmm. being not a lepidopterist they went and checked this book and opened a, what? It up. a lepidopterist? a study it's of leopards not lepards. to do with leopards really. no. no. <laughs> I'm um, slightly interested in like butterflies Yeah. they opened this book and they couldn't believe that le- <laughs> the, the, the Latin name existed and it was this butterfly so how did I know that? I know yeah. nothing about this and they realised that like, I think or four years ago I don't know the exact thing For a, they copied it out for a friend right. for paid work and it just got lodged somewhere and they're unconscious and it kind of just bubbled to the surface
3: this was all what you lock away of, isn't it and comes out
2: mm.
1: did any of you play Shadow Man? Shadow Man? Yeah. yeah no I didn't what was it? it was like it was like a third person like, action adventure it was like it was like you play, play Soul Reaver? Mm, yeah it was like Soul Reaver but shit by a claim <laughs> <laughs> it was awful Shadow Man and there was a second one as well called Shadow Man's Second Coming and uh, it was on PST
0: Soul is ah. one of those games like Medieval that everyone's everyone goes oh, oh did you not play it back
1: in the day and you go oh no. they should
0: remake that, that oh, you're
1: wicked and you're like no I went back and tried to play Soul Reaver maybe a year and a half ago mm-hmm. and it's garbage like games have come on so much further than like especially like third third person action, action adventures what was what wasn't the hook of
0: soul reaver if you died you just ended up on the basically the opposite side of the yeah a bit like stranger things you ended up on the upside down and then Rascal. you just had to make yourself back
1: yeah, it was, it was like there was no death per se. It was that you... And you you could also use it to solve puzzles. So, like, death was a, a puzzle-solving mechanic. It was pretty clever. It was really clever, in fact. But it's, it's crap in the way that... And you'll probably disagree with me. But it's crap in the way that the original Tomb Raider games are now crap. Like, you go back and play those first five games. And they are so stiff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, if you like that kind of game, that's fine. But they are—they are not—they are, not, are not fun like run around, do adventuring in caves. But is
3: that only because you know what not stiff feels like now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. For <laughs> want of a better <laughs> turn of phrase. Yeah.
3: Um, well just because like at the time it blew people's minds.
1: Oh right? no, yeah, all of that stuff was incredible. So... Tomb Raider and Soul We all of this oh.
2: But to, yeah, <laughs> I mean I'm not gonna get in dance but Tomb Raider it was a, it was the whole the level design was different. Tomb Raider, the original Tomb Raiders, you were in this you were in the puzzle. Whereas now yeah. you're kind of outside the puzzles looking in them. Yeah. It's kind of like they're portioned off into these different
1: Yeah, no, I get all of that. What yeah. I'm saying is like and um, what I'm saying is like Those games were okay. Go up to the edge. Okay, now take two very deliberate steps backwards. Now hold forward and run, and then hold, and then and then make sure that the animation priority works, and then you jump. But does that make it a bad game, or is it just that
3: that's
1: what they had to do? Those were the limitations, and that's fine. It's just that they it doesn't feel as satisfying or enjoyable, or as easy to play. It isn't as the there is more of a abstraction between what you want to do and doing it yes. that 's what modern games have actually have solved it 's mm. I want to go over there, I point forward and I walk over there but, like, does,
3: but does that make the first one shit is what I'm asking, like. in
1: in hindsight if you 've never played those games, it is very difficult to go back and enjoy them with a fresh pair of eyes because they are. <clears throat> Because mm. we are spoiled now with, with, you know, Nathan Drake will just automatically, like, just hop over a, a small obstacle mm. or anything like that. Whereas in the the early Tomb Raider games, like, a small obstacle in front of you was, like, you had to what sort happened? of think about it, like, mm. uh, and how you were going to move around it and so forth. And, like, the gunplay is awful and stuff like that. And Soul Reaver basically falls into the same kind of category. Is There's also some weird movement control stuff as well. I but... think I'd
3: argue in terms of, I, th- I know exactly what you mean, mm. but in terms of, like... That, uh relating it to Tomb Raider everyone's heard of Tomb Raider not everyone's heard of it. so i'm not sure it can be put in like quite the same but that's way.
1: because Tomb, yeah but that's a sort of slightly different thing. it's like Lara Croft became an icon she was there at the right time and was the right image for the right time mm, with games I think, like I becoming, think the games growing up. but well. so well, yeah i mean like Soul Reaver was like a it was like a hit it was it was like a critical hit and I think it I think it reached platinum status with PlayStation it did, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it sold pretty well as well, but um, it also like the sequel came out and it didn't do nearly mm-hmm. as good, and then the third one came out and no one cared. And it was also sort of a spin-off from a game called Blood Omen, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But yeah, and then Shadow Man was basically sort of that, but it was like a Shadow guy in a big Man. like. Top Shadow hat. Man. It's
0: pretty good. He sits on you. just sat on people's
1: chests. That's that's, <laughs> that's how you beat everyone. It's pretty great. Yeah. I remember pl- I remember playing it on the uh, on the I think it was a Dreamcastle sixty four or something like that. I remember a bit where you pull out someone's beating heart and rem- I distinctly remember being a fourteen year old boy going, Cool Oh my gosh really? yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then and then very quickly was like, Oh no,
2: this isn't a regular game. Because yeah. <laughs> you know there's been the Crash Bandicoot H D thing which I've not played. Mm. I don't know anything about whether it's been good or not or anything like that. But it was reviewed. I think it did it did really, really well. Okay, cool. Okay. Um to but, the extent where
0: I think there's a taste for Th- that's more. what I want that. Ah. I'd love for the original Spyro to come back <gasps> that'd be so great because ah, I all that I game spoiler, eh? I think Insomniac are very very busy at the moment I, I think know, they're yeah. quite a little bit busy I think the thing with Crash Bandicoot it is that you've got a company in Activision who have a lot of resources to throw at that kind of yeah. thing and a lot of money to take a risk on it yeah um I think if that license still was still with Sony, I doubt it would have happened. Yep. So it's kind anyway. of like whether Insomniac would be happy to for someone else to do it and
1: you know. Yeah. When you've got like really big old school Sony IPs that still haven't been exploited in since like, like Medieval is the classic, like yeah. that is a Sony property. That and like God, there is no God of War at the moment. Like it hasn't been one in years. Um, God of War hasn't been a God proper God of War in years. There's another one coming out soon. I know there's another one coming out soon, but yeah. it's been a big gap. Cause yeah, mostly because the last one was kind of boring. It was alright. It was fine. Um, but things like that, Onimusha, like these like classic old school franchises that did really really well at the time and then just kind of languished and did mm. nothing. Ridge Racer. Do you
2: remember a siphon filter?
1: Yes. Did you. Oh my gosh, though. Uh, Siphon yeah, Filter incredible. was. Siphon Filter was great to was begin it, with. What was and the name of the really that? Right right
2: the
0: name of the... Oh, I don't know. Johnny Shooterman. <laughs> Johnny Shooterman. <laughs> that's an uh, yeah. name for you, Sam. Um, so. Yeah, that's. I, I I don't know, but that needs some researching, so bear with me. So. I never played
1: that one. Siphon Filter was. Like Metal Gear Solid and Siphon Filter came out roughly the same time. And Siphon Filter Mm. was much more of an action-based spy game where you ran around and shot things with okay third-person shooting. Like, this was a time when third-person shooting on consoles were pretty naff. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was quite good. And then Metal Gear Solid was the thoughtful, stealthy, the one that you actually wanted to play. (laughs) Um, And Siphon Filter 1 and 2 were okay. And then they did a third and it wasn't so good. And I think they did a fourth game on PS2. And then everyone was like, why are you still making these? But like SoCom, oh yeah was SoCom, and then there was a PS3 game of SoCom. Yeah, but it's online only, wasn't it? No, Is no, it? no, no, no. no it was there was single player, player and it was. it was there was a single player and a multiplayer component, and the single player was some of the worst storytelling, but just so dire. So I was at the name of
0: this
1: person.
0: It was Gabriel <laughs> Logan.
3: It was Ah Gabriel so- Logan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry I just shove Chris's phone away from the mic because it's causing anxiety no, 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 no. when I was doing exactly the same oh, I thing know you, I, see, oh, you looked, I thought you were admitting defeat no I'd looked yeah. remembered it yeah. how in my mind no. and then I put the in phone, phone away nearly
1: 10 years <laughs> then I put the
0: phone away to yep. stop causing interference exactly and now I can say with authority here we go Gabriel Logan.
1: Gabriel, Gabriel Logan, Logan, siphon filter. Dance happy. <laughs> Don't, that, that sounds,
2: sounds really bad. Really
1: bad. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Is it right up in your ears?
2: No.
1: Squishy. Sorry, Dan. It's all got a bit irresistible. What
2: did I saw the other day? What did you say? I Gabriel saw, Logan. I saw Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Thor or four? I can't. <laughs> You Never. saw
0: four Ragnaroks.
2: <laughs> Never's my inability to pronounce T's and H be more cruelly exposed.
0: <laughs> so, no, that's a lot of Ragnaroks. So okay.
2: this is the, I mean, 17th, the third? 17th Marvel film and the third four
1: film, oh, geez, that's so hard for me to say. Third, <laughs> four film. Um, fourth. third and fourth. So this is the third, <laughs> the 34th. third Thor film. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's sort of loosely based on a Hulk graphic novel. A bit, yeah.
2: So, um, because Universal owned the rights to Hulk, Marvel is not allowed to do a standalone Hulk film. Good. Mm. Right, okay. yeah. Um, and that actually is <laughs> yeah, quite good because, good. because yeah, yeah. They, um, um, So, basically, the, the only way they can use the Hulk is to kind of team him up with one of the protagonists in what they actually do own the rights for. Um, so, yeah. So, this is a bit of Planet Hulk. Um, I don't know much of the four mythos. Obviously, Ragnarok is something that's obviously well and known within Norwegian Norse mythology. Norse mythology. Mm. Um, which is the end of the world basically. Basically their version of Armageddon. Right. Um, every kind of myth or culture has this kind of just sound like Yeah. Ragnarok does sound dope. Um, I think Hellboy has a Ragnarok in it as well, mm-hmm. don't they? Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so um I um, basically it's directed by Taika Waititi, New Zealand director, he did what we what we do in the shadows, mm-hmm. which is a vampire and um, Buddy, yeah. kind of sitcom. And The World of People. <laughs> Hunt for the World of People, which is an incredible film. Oh, Absolutely incredible. Um, really funny. He
0: directed stuff for Flight of the Conchords.
2: Yep, and he did oh, Eagle, really? Eagle and Shark, or Eagle versus Shark, he did with Jermaine Clements, um,
1: which is an independent Kiwi film. You know that right at the start of all of this when you were saying you feel like a great Oh, I know,
2: I know what I'm doing on purpose, P. Yeah.
1: yeah,
3: now you know how we...
1: Um, so um, basically, the premise is, you and you've probably seen sure.
2: this in the trailer. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil anything. But it's basically Thor, mm. okay, Thor, go. yeah. the end of the world. Yeah, discuss. <laughs> um, and Hulk, and Hulk, sweet. So, um, so in Avengers: Age of Ultron, Thor, I can't pronounce it. Had this vision of. Do I mean to Rock say Karen. every time? That's great just, sound. I'll just, just point at you. Yeah, just point, and <laughs> I'll so say Thor. Let's do it, let's go again. Okay, so let's okay. again. so in Avengers: Age of Ultron, Thor. Um, has this vision where he sees the end of the world and he flies back to Asgard Um, and the way basically this film picks up Asgard (laughs) airs and and the way this film picks up is that Thor is on a mission and um, uh, essentially he's trying to prevent Ragnarok from occurring and that takes him to this far off planet where Thor meets up with Hulk and um, it is, without doubt, I think my, in my opinion, the funniest Marvel film. Am, am I Hands right? In,
0: am I right in thinking that this is the movie that is going to start bringing the
2: Guardians team? In, there's a link between there is this link, yeah. and the Guardians. Yeah. It's films. basically the way I would describe this film would be a cross between Flash Gordon and Lord of the Rings. Okay. It's 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 it's, it's the most space age that Oh, so it's got that
0: Guardians.
2: Yeah vibe to okay. it it's the bright noise. it's colourful it's like Jack Kirby's artwork brought to life these mm. bold colours it's gorgeous it's a treat for the eyes it really is but it is hilarious and the reason is that Taika Waititi for those who know of his work Waititi it, Waititi can I do two fingers to point at you when I mean that yeah two fingers of okay. Waititi so the director Taika
0: Taika Waititi Ta- Waititi
2: who directed <laughs> Thor Ragnarok <laughs> he um, <laughs> He has a particular style of directing which um, is basically 80% of the dialogue is improvised. Mm. Right. So it is really, like, I mean it's amazing considering how particular Marvel have been about their properties. There was the story of Edgar Wright and Ant-Man who left and that was a labour of love for many years and there was mm. this kind of view that it was kind of going down the route, similar to what Kathleen Kennedy's like with Star Wars and the firing of directors there, and you assume that they're going to be very kind of strict with their directors, but it seems that there's this Marvel pattern where the first one is kind of a solid grounding, they don't take any risks, the second one is building on that, and the third one they just say, oh, just go mad. Mm -hmm. And they have gone mad here. Like, the director Taiki... Has basically um, (laughs) just ignored the previous two films, essentially. The references are made, but only for the script, so he doesn't really have Mm -hmm. any interest in that. And um, basically, it is um, the character of Thor, who usually is someone who's just not that funny. He's quite po-faced. Mm. Basically, they brings out how good a comedic actor Chris think, Hemsworth yeah. is. I think it's
0: almost because with the popularity of Guardians and the character of uh, what's his name that, that? Batista Pace. Oh, Drax. Oh. I think. You I, I think. Me? Oh, yeah. I think with with Drax. Yeah. <laughs> I think they, they've kind of have usurped, because Thor was very much kind of that character who was like, didn't understand emotion and didn't understand yeah. the human way of things. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, wasn't that funny? But now Drax has kind of become that character. I think it's very clever of them to kind of make Thor a lot more like softer Mm -hmm. around the edges it makes
3: sense because he's been around them for so long
0: yeah exactly he's He's, he's learned a lot more
1: you also get the feeling when you're watching Thor on screen you get the feeling that he kind of he has this comfort like humorous confidence whereby everyone around him he's like well I'm a god like like this is this how sweet this is because mm. I'm a god and you're having a lovely time of it like there's um, but he's the, also, the bit where he tries he, to pick up the hammer he's in... also really underconfident yeah. because, right
3: because everyone's like having a go at the hammer and like oh we can't pull it up and then Captain America makes it budge ever so slightly and he's mm. like oh yes fine yeah, no, didn't, didn't, didn't even budge didn't yeah, yeah, pick, yeah, yeah. and I think it's a lot of that it's, yeah, like, it's that completely. kind of slightly self-deprecating in the trailer doesn't doesn't the boxer yeah. suit? So who won? He's like, oh, I did, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that brush over he cuts him and
1: He <laughs> strikes me as a sort of like, he strikes me as one of those sort of um, airhead, but pleasant jocks. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he's very lovely. Like there's a really, there, there. there's a, there's an interesting thing
0: <laughs> in um, for my birthday this year. You got me, Thor, goddess of thunder. Did I? Where? Mm. I forget is that oh yeah
1: of course yeah, yeah, the yeah. It's great. Great. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. where
0: Thor basically because something happens Nick Fury whispers something in Thor's ear and I've never really found out what that was oh, that made him unworthy to carry the hammer so he loses yeah. the hammer and then suddenly there's this um, there's a woman oh my god who is it um, right. is able to pick up Thor's hammer and she becomes the next Thor right. essentially and what the most the most interesting thing about that story is is Odin's reaction to it, and mm. how he reacts to the fact that his son has been emasculated in that position, and he just flies off the handle and it Ooh, and yeah. it's incredible that he like drops all these airs and graces of being the you know the you know the all father mm. and just completely belittles his son in front of everyone. And just you, you know you've been shamed by a woman and Ooh. it's almost that what's interesting about that is almost that by sort of limiting thor's intelligence like as in the male thor to only care about you know fighting and mm. standing up to asgard is a way of preventing him from being emasculated and preventing him from ever exposing himself to thinking that he's you know just like a human or just mm. like someone like like that's what that comic really kind of showed me was that like Odin kind of has this control over his sons by the language that he uses and like keeping them just full of tradition and ritual mm-hmm. and him go and like Thor essentially going to earth is like a massive deal because he knows that'll make him a softer person, almost like with yeah. Superman, like Superman's biggest weakness is his care for for other, for other people, not just himself. Mm. So, so it's interesting that they—they're kind of the softer Thor is kind of as a character, that the weaker the Allfather and mm. Odin will, will seem.
3: I thought he sent him to Earth to deliberately. You know, cause well, because they're meant
0: to—they're meant punishment, to punishment, wasn't it? Well, they're meant to guard Asgard, and he yeah. got Midgard, which is what Earth's called. But I think he was just like meant to do it in a very sort of clean cut, save it, get out. You know get in get mm, out but, but the he's, fact too he's cocky like, isn't he but he's too cocky and he like makes relationships and you know it's all it's all it's that classic sort of comic book thing you know fish out of water
3: mm. comes
0: into contact with the human experience and becomes just a lot softer and... I seem
3: to remember he takes the, the idea of the hammer away from him to make him a better person a better fighter ultimately so why is it that he's angry when the the hammers taken away from him it's or is it woman, because
0: it's a like... woman it's, it's a fact
2: that it's a woman oh
3: but he's aren't there female fighters in the? You got Lady Sif, Norsgard.
2: You got the Valkyrie as well.
3: Not that I disagree with it. I think it's and an interesting
2: it's, character. It's just the way. Just it's just I think the, the way they fact show that it. somebody else has got that hammer. It's just the way they show it in the comic that, yeah. it, mm. that yeah. Thor
0: has done. And it's not like Thor lost the battle and lost the, the. He doesn't lose the hammer to the woman in battle. He just loses the hammer because he becomes unworthy. He which, right. which is almost a bigger failure than if he was to lose in battle
2: to someone who was stronger. Like, but the director Taika Waititi, he was really interested in that as an idea because he said that because you've got a god, you've got to take to make it interesting for the audience. You've got to bring him down. You've got to take stuff away. Yeah, yeah. and make him question these kind of ideas, such as lineage and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think you really enjoy it from that point of view, and it makes you empathise with the character a lot more um, as a consequence, and it allows him to. Um, there to be a little bit more brevity as well, mm. as well as these kind of heartfelt moments. But uh, the thing that really struck me is that how Marvel not only allowed them to do what they did in terms of the, the improvisation, but any serious moments it doesn't linger for that long. They just undercut it with humour straight away, which sometimes can be I think to the detriment of the film. Mm. But it's just it's just so refreshing as a consequence. Yeah. And I almost didn't care. Honestly, this I have is... I laughed out loud. I wanted to see it again as soon as I, I saw it. And that hasn't happened that often. Mm. I'll go see it with you. Genu- oh, honestly, it was so funny. We'll and Jeff Goldblum, it's basically they just oh, said yeah. to him, um, just do it, just be you, Jeff. <laughs> just be weird. you.
0: I think um, comics are definitely having... I feel especially... Um, I don't know what's going on with Marvel, but especially at the moment, Chris and I, I've got mm. the, def- the, the feeling at the moment that DC is having a massive boon there on mm. a brilliant run at the moment because um, obviously Justice League's out soon and whereas I don't think that's going to come anywhere close to competing with Thor Ragnarok um, no <laughs> for the rest of the weekend no um, I, I think that their actual comic output is, is really really strong at the moment so, the, so currently there's um, a, an event going on Which is not it's it is touching some other comics but really it is its own thing called DC Metal.
1: So is this is this the same kind of like crossover event as Flashpoint was a crossover event?
0: There is some crossover with some other comics but they have largely kept it to their own thing and it's not even really anything to do with the rebirth storyline either. So whereas Tom King's work with Batman and uh, Joshua Williamson's writing with The Flash Mm -hmm. has been kind of concentrating on, at irregular intervals, reminding the reader of, oh yeah, and there's something to do with Doctor Manhattan from The Watchmen, please don't forget, anyway, back to Mm -hmm. Batman fights Mm -hmm. Penguin or whatever, you know. A penguin. A penguin. Um, (laughs) Beats the crap out of a penguin. (laughs) (laughs) Goes to to Chessington World of Adventure and just beats (laughs) up a penguin. Anyway, in the meantime, Dr Manhattan. Um, So DC Metal is the return of Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo as writer and artist. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been much sort of... Lauded and anticipated because everyone loved their run on stuff, but mm. basically, Greg just couldn't. From all, it, from from what I've read and sort of understood, like his drawing technique was just could not keep up to the okay. demands of DC. DC's um, output because basically he draws one page a day
1: mm. in pencil. Yeah.
3: That's bonkers.
0: So it's not even inked. Like he is just yeah. the most meticulous.
3: Or does there he, is, do there is
0: the, he does have an inker but obviously it's
1: but these comics are coming out every month yeah so he or has to and do. Well, some yeah. of them are actually do... aren't they yeah and you got to do like 30
0: pages yeah so it's about 30, 30 pages, pages of so, so he's pretty much definitely got to draw a page a day and then it's got to be inked then it's got to be coloured
1: and, and then there'll be edits from the DC line manager for that product and there'll be mm-hmm. like there'll be a whole bunch of stuff you that you just work don't like see that. You don't hence that. hence why
0: after like six years of doing it <laughs> yeah. with you Scott Snyder knackered. he just like had to say like I cannot do this anymore so like this is why uh, after he left Scott Snyder he did a, a six issue project with Mark Miller called reborn but this has been like the last the newest project that he's done so DC metal essentially, is going to be six issues, and then there's been six or seven one shots. Six, I mean. six six one shots that have come out in between the actual main mis- main like episodes of DC Metal, and essentially this story is Scott Snyder almost like tying a bow around everything that he set up in the his mm. Batman universe which is why it's so clever like it goes all the way back to court of owls that's cool which was his first thing that he did back in 2006 and essentially what the story is is they discover that there is a dark DC multiverse right mm. so in one of the scenes of the of DC metal they actually have on the table a picture of um, Grant Morrison. Oh right, yeah,
1: Grant Morrison. So okay. you know
0: Grant Morrison's depiction of obviously he didn't draw it, draw it, but Grant Morrison's depiction of the multiverse that big circle with mm. Earth Zero in the middle and then all of the other Earths. Yeah. Basically, in one of the panels of the comic book, that character just literally just turns that over. <laughs> it's black on the other side. Like in so Stranger Things, when what? they flip over the board. That's cool. Yeah, and they say like, this is the dark multiverse. And so what they've discovered is, as well as Earth 0, Earth 1, Earth 2, there's an Earth 0, which is prime, and there's Earth minus 1, Earth minus 2, Earth minus 3, Earth minus minus 4. And essentially, somehow, and it's all to do with metal. Yeah. So... (laughs) This is where it gets very deep. what kind of metal? So like, do we mean the material metal? Yeah. So there's it's four different metals. Metal. So there's four different metals. Yeah. Even though there is a scene, actually, uh, Batman has a dream. Superman has a dream sequence where he's playing metal in the garden with Batman, and then awesome. uh, typical so- Scott, Scott Snyder. Halfway through yeah. playing the scene, uh, a big demon comes out of someone's mouth right. and like reaches right out and then kills Superman. Cool. He's dreaming about. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Essentially, what what happened is is that during Final Crisis, Batman was hit by one of Darkseid's Omega Rays and he was sent back in time to the Neanderthal period. Mm, right.
3: Okay. And
0: during that time, he met someone called Barbados. Or Barbatos. Mm. Barbados? But not Barbados, yeah. But Ma- but not Barbados. Barbatos. Bar- Barbados, I think his name is. And Barbados okay. saw Batman then in the you know the early start of of the world, and decided that Batman would be is the man to lead his tribe of 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 Bat people, Bat creations. Hmm. This is all that we know at the moment at the start of DC metal. So basically, cut to now modern day DC comics. They found out that through all of Scott Snyder's run on Batman during the New Fifty Two. Batman has become a conduit to open up a portal between Earth Prime and the Dark Multiverse, where over that period of time, Barbados has been um, basically building an army to use Batman as a conduit to put them through the Earth Prime and then take over the, the multiverse. So, the interesting thing is, is, the multiverse is essentially Barbados's and Batman's creation. So, each failure mm-hmm. and each fear that Batman has has created a world in the dark multiverse. Okay. So,
3: so, Bat People is. Is that from his own mind?
0: What do you mean? You said what?
3: that Barbados was a kind of bat tribe.
0: Yeah, so like he had like a bat. So, back in like the Neanderthal era, there was like a bird tribe which Hawkman was a, was a member of. And there was like a bat tribe, which is controlled by ba- by Betos. and there's like yeah. a wolf tribe, where it's like the immortal man was, right, okay. um, like Rachel Gould was part of that. Yeah, there's like all these tribes, and because Batman was sent back in the past, by saw Batman and was just right. like, "You are the, you will be the conduit. You will, right. something happened, basically around okay. that time." And so, cut to to now in the Dark Multiverse. And so each of these worlds have been created by a bad decision or something bad that's happened in Batman's life, something that plays on him. So each of them has their own like dark knight, this dark version of mm. Batman. So whereas in DC Metal they're dealing with this whole issue of fucking how Barbados has turned up and he's literally destroying Gotham, they've also released these one-shots where it's a different origin story for a different dark version of Batman. Um, and it's they've done some really interesting things. There's one where um, everyone there's one called the Red Death mm. where everyone in Batman's family has died Alfred, all the mm-hmm. Robins um, obviously his own family and so what he does is he straps Barry Allen to, the, to his car and forces him to use a speed force and Barry Allen disintegrates and Batman takes hold of the speed force and says using this power I can go back in time and resurrect all the things that I've, things that I've done wrong there's another one
3: so you disintegrate somebody else? yeah so he kills that?
0: Barry Allen to take what hold of the, the? speed because he's so he's so obsessed with the idea of I can like he the, the start of the comic is him trying to bargain with Barry Allen and say look can we just go back in time and like we can save everyone we can rectify this whole situation because mm. obviously they're in their own universe they're just yeah. uh, they don't realise they're in a dark multiverse right. they just think they're in their universe that is another one with uh, Cyborg. Wonder Woman's incredible. I really enjoyed with the that Wonder one. Woman one where he basically um, um, just Wonder Woman dies. He takes the helmet of Ares, and he takes the hel- helmet of Ares and becomes the God of War. Um, there's another one with the Green Lantern where his parents die, and like he feels no fear in the fact that his parents die. So the Green Lantern ring finds him out and goes, "Oh, you are fearless. You will become." Earth's protector right. and he manages to override the ring, and so he uses the ring to kill people and like completely oh. you know reinvents what a Green Lantern is and and, and in the metal story, Batman homans are important, all these people come through. Basically, all of these Batman come in. So the last one is called Batman Who Batman the Man Who Laughs, and basically it's like a joker Batman hybrid, right. and he keeps all these like evil demon jo- um robins on leashes. And so, this evil like Joker, Batman has um, gone around all the multiverses, recruited all of these bat- Batman, because the because the idea of the multiverse is that they they exist in the positive multiverse because all the same things happen. Like there's always a Batman, there's always a Superman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's always something. But these dark multiverses start to crumble because of Batman's actions yeah. that they because they go against the grain of what is supposed to be happening. Cause he, 'Cause he basically ends up killing Wonder Woman, he kills Cyborg, he kills the Green Lantern. Like the universe is started to start to crumble and waste away. So this Please. this joke Batman says, look, I can recruit you for Barbados, we'll go through into the positive multiverse and we'll take it over. So DC Metal is basic is is this idea that Batman just disappears, he disappears into the dark multiverse. The Justice League are faced with all these Batmen from the from this negative multiverse and trying to fight them off and
3: is his design because i've seen some you know like those really high class very expensive models that are like they're action figures but they are high concept 120 great toys for
1: for really you boys. stick them yeah.
3: it, on the shop. i saw one that was a batman joker hybrid and it yeah with fucking the sick. um he's got like got like, a tattered cape and like yeah he's on got all, all you
0: can see is a smile it looks like the man for Sauron actually yeah because all you can see is his smile and there's. Like
3: that's awesome.
0: Scott Snyder's this really interesting thing, like when they first showed up, they had all these um robins on a leash, on these like metal leash, that's and they so just cool. and they shout endlessly crow, 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 crow. And the only way for the for this Batman to shut them up is by shouting bar. So we my thinking is that when we finally get his one shot in a few weeks, that Batman will be a Batman that was created from the time that um Joker killed the Robin. Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. Or like something else happened which was different maybe Batman sided with the Joker at that point and then like
2: killed yeah. Jason Todd it's, himself it's basically Batman Ragnarok yeah it's it's huge I mean it's huge and it's just literally Batman is on the verge of causing the end of the world mm-hmm. it's extraordinary it's, it's quite a lot to take in like I'm not as well versed into kind of the myth beyond Batman so no, um, I'm a little bit out of my depth but I trust Snyder I trust Snyder implicitly. I've read a lot of his oh, work. yeah. They, so well, I trust him to break. know that there's a he's fought everything through.
0: Yeah, and the mm-hmm. fact that it does reach back, like him, like Batman drinking from the fountain in Court of Owls when he's locked in the labyrinth, mm-hmm. ingests him with one quarter of the metal needed to make him conduit for right. for him fighting with Joker and and encountering Dionysium, another metal is another part of the like right. to make him this conduit to let Barbados through, and then Batmanium, or Batmanium? What is it, that
2: ridiculous one in the last, oh, in uh, Endgame? Yeah, when Jim Gordon's Batman.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's like the last part. Right. So it's just the fact that it's all been planned out and meticulously done, and so, I, I agree with you, sometimes it feels like you're on a roller coaster rather than, you know, a ghost train. Yeah. Um But, like luckily there's tons of, like, I watch a great YouTube channel called Comics Explained that go through each of the comics okay, and go, look, cool. this is who this guy is, this is what this symbol means here, how this connects back to the wider DC. But as you say, like, even as a, even as a straight up read, like, it's a fucking enjoyable story. Mm-hmm. And that's most, incredible. And the most recent one, it was called Batman Lost, and it's basically Batman trying, realising that he's been chucked into the dark multiverse, and him trying to Get out of it. Essentially, it's incredible. Yeah.
2: It's like a dream, like what we were talking about earlier. Mm. Trying to escape that dream-like world. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's 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 and and just with all this stuff in the DC, like the button, Jeff Johns is writing a, a spiritual successor to uh, the Watchmen, like their mm-hmm. Doomsday series. Um, they seem like really really strong stuff at the moment, and and the rumors are or the rumblings are they're going to come to a point where they're going to really streamline all their continuity and really sort mm-hmm. of tying it all up so by the time it is all finished they'll be able to say to fans like fans like this is the continuity of the character. Like this is their definitive backstory and clear up all that stuff with like New Fifty Two or Rebirth. And I'd like to think this is what they planned all along, but
1: <laughs> It sounds awesome and it also sounds like something I would totally not want to get involved with.
0: Yeah, I mean it's Dan's where is it? <laughs> there he is. It's Dan's worst nightmare because yeah. it's
1: kind of like this
0: is the, the thing that, that he thinks is impenetrable about, about comics. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, it's kind of in a way, like if you had no idea about Scott Snyder's stuff in the Court of Owls mm. or anything like that, but I think it's genuinely because DC have allowed it and I think because it always seems to have been in the plan right from the start, mm. like as people who have read all of Scott's and Greg's stuff mm. from the start, so now, it really does feel like a completion of that. Which, that's cool. But if you're reading it just off the bat, I don't think you'd have a no. Cat in Hell's chance or a no. Bat in the Multiverse's what? chance of knowing what was going on. Oh, that's nice. I, know,
3: I think I quite like it just for the, the ideas of it because it's sort of turning it. I on, love that on his kind head. of stuff. I yeah. love,
0: like, when you see Batman, you know, using, trying to bargain with Cyborg to use his powers to right some sort of wrong in his world. Mm. Like, Essentially, it makes you realize why Batman has never been allowed superpowers because he just <laughs> cannot be trusted. Yeah, like, just... he just as a character, he's just so flawed, mm. which is why he's one of my favorite superheroes because he, he just there is a reason he doesn't have any superpowers because he is just that like he is on the verge of just yeah. killing someone or yeah. going on a rampage and you know going absolutely stir crazy. so like to give him a power. Mm. To give him that kind of level
1: of control mm. over something it's just so it's, so dangerous. It's really interesting. You see, I've never th- quite thought of it like that, but I guess it's kind of like he's there's like a line, and on one side of it, just to the edge of that line is Batman. Yeah, and to the just to the other side of that edge is Punisher. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's,
3: it's well, I don't. I think he's more on the side of Punisher than you think, actually, because mm-hmm. he's he is he's always been a vigilante. He's he is taking a law of his own hands. But things like killing somebody else just to go back and save other people is the weird kind of but logic. But Batman doesn't kill.
1: Batman doesn't kill. Ooh, Batman doesn't he use uses guns. Uses yeah, but thingy in the... till he
3: disintegrates. But
1: he d- but without powers he doesn't kill.
3: No, he I'm saying he uses yeah, someone till multiverse. he disintegrates. Yeah, he
1: kills Barry Allen. He he rips off to go he rips off Cyborg's
0: head and spine. Mm. And in um in...
1: What I'm saying is not in the negative universes.
3: No, sorry. Or oh, in the but, positive. But, but in it's... the positive
1: universes he doesn't no, kill. The negative doesn't. universe it's is like part of his It's like an extension of him, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like right. the worst
3: over... It right. means it's in there, in him, yeah. that he will do yeah. things and he has killed bad guys in quotes. By mistake
1: still... or by accident. Yeah, but it's
3: still because he's taking it on himself and he can't leave it alone even the lego batman plays about with the fact that he can't leave stuff alone mm. yeah. and he has to do it himself and he's always got to be the best
0: that's the reason why this, <laughs> that, essentially that, that's the reason why this whole dc metal thing is happening mm. because mm. he discovers that something's something is going on like he has this inkling that there's just something not right going on so he investigates it all on his own he puts in this chain of events and literally like the just like he he just does it all on his own doesn't let Superman know doesn't let Wonder Woman know or anyone and like just basically st- brings about the end of the world because mm. he's being a little boy about it yeah. and just like he's basically he's just like broken his grandma's window and
2: just walked off and hoped no one noticed and just like let all these demons <laughs> he creates a whole secret black ops team not even the reader knows about it. there's a hidden part of the cave that nobody knew about and Unbeknownst to us, throughout all the series leading up to this, he's had his secret backups team. It just, in the it, just, it
0: just exposes him for being like mm. so untrustworthy of everyone around him, and it's yeah. just like a massive weakness of his character that he, he just he just can't be trusted because he thinks he can just do everything without anybody's help. Yeah, like he just doesn't want to accept. And it all comes help.
3: from the he doesn't want to lose the people he cares. about. Yeah. Well. but ultimately, he makes terrible decisions make because people. of that. Yeah, uh, but I always like things where they take these characters on weird touch so Deadpool does a similar thing where Deadpool basically like tries to destroy everything and he sort of comes out of. he goes into old books and like Ah, uh, Moby Dick and stuff and kills the whale and kills all the people there and goes into another story goes into like Thor times kills everyone there and then by the end he's sort of saying don't you understand we're all just comic book characters like we're all it means nothing i'm saving you all yeah and he destroys the world I think it is Deadpool destroys the world or something like that, which is quite interesting.
2: Ragnarok seems to be a theme of this particular play. <laughs> yeah. Deadpool, Ragnarok, Thor, Ragnarok, and Batman Ragnarok. Yeah.
3: But it's it's interesting, isn't it? Shadow when you Knight. when you I go to the end of the world yeah, yeah, situations. Yeah.
2: That's why Nightfall's my favourite Batman story. Well, I'm reading it actually at the moment, I'm rereading it at the moment actually Nightfall. Yeah. But if you think about it, like Apocalypse, the actual I think it's Apocalypse or Armageddon, it actually means unveiling. Mm. People mm. enjoyed it because it was it was like a master plan being revealed that this yeah. was wasn't the end of something it was the revealing of
3: something
2: mm-hmm. hug your loved ones
3: <laughs> yeah before we all
2: I'm hugging Pete. Oh. <laughs> don't like it oh. <laughs> on our way down uh to stay here in lovely bristol with you two because we're recording this together we are, recording we this are. together in the space you tell? yeah yeah <laughs> so glad i'm i mean i can tell um and <laughs> um, we um called it at my parents house and mama darby cooked us a lovely curry and my brother was there because free food. Yeah. yeah. Um, and possibly the chance to see me. And um <laughs> he, it, but yeah, cool. he told us a story about how he had to get a new update his driving licence. And I don't know if you've updated the driving licence recently. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You can go online now, it's a lovely system mm. because it's all done through the government and things. Um, instead of re- replacing your photograph by going into the shop and spending, I don't know, 10 quid to get your picture taken or whatever it is, mm. um, you can actually, they've got a database of all the photos they've taken of you there, so you can actually just use those. Right. Oh, right. So he did that. He said, I'll just use my passport photo.
1: Yeah. Boom. Okay.
2: Driving licence. His driving licence arrives, and, <laughs> and my 27-year-old brother is confronted with a picture of not him on his latest passport, of him on his first passport Aww. when he was 15. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. oh, that's amazing! So literally, we just showed us I've got a picture of it here. Of just like so it looks uh, like he's it Benjamin Button. It, it, it basically like he's got a photo
0: on his driving license which is, which is younger than the age that he's meant to be legally be <laughs> able to is,
1: drive. That <laughs> is incredible. <laughs>
3: Why was he updating in the first place?
0: So you, got to, you got to update uh, it every ten years. You got to put a new photo on.
3: Oh, I see.
1: To give you a description, he looks like a YouTuber.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he
0: looks like,
1: like he like he looks like, like that really kind of like.
0: No, to to put the description even better, he looks like someone who shouldn't be able to drive, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like a fake ID. Yeah, exactly. Like, like with yeah, a laminator. Really Someone's yeah. gonna look at that and just be like, <laughs> no. no, in oh, the back of the car, mate. Yeah. That was Staying In with myself, Sam Turner, Peter Willington, Alex Briscombe, and Chris Darby. If you enjoyed this episode, then make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Mixcloud, Acast, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you'd like to leave a review too, we'd be grateful from you to do that. Thanks. Uh, You can also visit us at stayingin.podbean.com for more information and links to all the things we've covered in this episode. And you can find us on Twitter at StayingInPod. But thanks for listening. Ta-ta for now.